We have prospects. We have a lot of smoke to shift through. It is officially the time of year where smoke screens are going to be the thing when we talk draft. Uh, prospects galore on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, today's show, like I talked about at the top, we have prospects, we have draft chatter on the final day of the College World Series. Uh, looks like congratulations to LSU uh, yet again in SEC team winning it all. Uh, quick note before we dive into anything else, we should probably point out the Twins lost today. So Cleveland is a game and a half back. Uh, now, take it away. Oh, Okay. Well, that was no, what, you know, it's because it has it, first half minor league recap. That's going to be more you than me, honestly, outside of like, you know, PD Halpin still being below league average. I'll just go ahead and say that in production. Oh, last time man. Track. Jeff woke uh, up and chose violence today. I did. Um, people coming at me. Listen, I'm just going to look at numbers. And here's the thing if you get mad at me about something, I we at first admit how many minor league games have I watched this year? Three. Uh, I just, if I get, if I have time, I'm, I'm going the other way and going draft. So I'm not super deep, but I, you know, I do look at like, you know, a player's weighted runs created plus per level. I do look across and what I look at is a very unhappy minor league season, uh, disappointments across the board. Uh, this is like a, if you're paying attention to these minors, I kind of feel like a kid on Christmas who's gotten nothing but coal for making poor life choices. I wouldn't say Cole. I would say it's more Tinker Toys. Tinker Toys can have some fun. I don't know. This, this there's, there's not a lot of fun, fun in hey, the miners. No, not a no, ton. Jeff. No, Jeff. There's fun. We're gonna have fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Is mostly was a disappointing first half. Let's start out with the news that Joey Cantillo was named to the Futures game. Now, look, this is different than the All Star game. Some people might say, "Oh, they got a representative." Great. Um, it's not a pity, you know, it's not, you know, oh, this guy's going to be an all-star because he has to represent the Oakland Athletics. Not every team gets a representative in the Futures game, so Joey Cantillo was selected on his merits, and you do need pitching, so there could have been... And look, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen all could have been in selections here if they weren't in the majors. Uh, Bo Naylor could have been, although he's been in the past. So, you know, good for Joey Cantillo, and I will say he's at 58 innings. What did he pitch a year ago? Um, I have to look, but it was like, hitting... I feel like it was less than that. Wasn't it like six starts? No, cause he pitched through the end of May and then he got shut down early June. So last year he threw 60 and two thirds this okay. year. He is at 58. So he is quickly coming up on his innings from last year. So he is on pace to blast through his innings uh, high at 98 in 2019 when he was still at the Padres. So, Let's let's call it a win that Joey Cantillo, we're sitting here on June 26th talking about him, hasn't missed a start. Um, yeah, there's been bumps in the road for him. The walks are still an issue. He's still suppressing hard contact. He's still missing bats. Uh, he may always have some control issues. He may be a guy who walks guys. That, that's maybe that's, what he is. That's never been their specialty in fixing that. I can count on one hand the number, of, the number of guys. Like I, I have a lot of people ask me when it comes to draft, well, this guy misses a lot of bats. Should they draft him and fix him? I'm like, you got to pay attention. You got to realize they're what they do bet. Like I get a lot of questions about Brandon Sprout and I think Brandon Sprout is actually a terrible fit because 
he's already throwing 101. What they do best is find an extra gear. What they don't right. do best is work out that mechanics and make guys have better control. So you actually don't want to look for the guy who's throwing hard. Almost no one in their system was throwing hard outside of Gavin Williams when they acquired him. Almost everyone else or was Spino. someone who was a command yeah. guy who they found more. <laughs> yeah, but I'll can I'll take Joey Cantillo as a win. He's healthy. He's missing bats. He may always walk guys, but if they get him healthy, he is still a legitimate uh, starting pitching prospect for right now. Who knows what they'll do with him? Does he end up in a relief role someday? I don't know. Maybe the stuff is is good enough where you'd like to be and make him a starter. But for right now, let's say okay, he is. He made the futures game. He's healthy. That is a win for him, considering how the last several years have gone for him. Um, that's a good one. Juan Brito at Double A. I mean, that's been a pretty good season for him. He was solid at Lake County. He's gotten Double A and he's gotten better. Second best weighted um, runs created plus in the minors. Yeah, he, he's been fantastic. So, you know, we could have the whole debate about would this team be better off with Nolan Jones? Maybe, yeah, I think they would benefit from him being in right field. I mean, would he have issues with lefties? That Their big issue is they don't limit lefties. I don't know. Do they need another Juan Brito? I don't know. Maybe Juan Brito ends up in outfield. I don't even know. I don't even know if Juan Brito can play the infield long term. Let's let's be honest about that too. Um, but he's having a fantastic season. He doesn't turn twenty two until the year is over. You know, he kind of makes up for where uh, Angel Martinez has taken a step back this year or is just struggling in general. Um, so that's a good win right there. There's not a whole lot of other wins. I mean, he's I repeating mean, the level, but. The highest weight of runs created plus in the minors is your favorite Christian Cairo. Yeah, I'm not going there. Uh, it is interesting. Christian, too. Christian's a, a great kid. Always yeah. has a great walk-up song choice. I will, I will say that he always has a great walk-up song. Uh, by, and I know that because he is literally repeating level for the third year in a row. So that's why I know yeah. he always has great walk-up music. But not good. Um, it's just weird. Like if you look at isolated power, you know, we're also, it's like Bo Naylor one, Zach Collins, two, Oscar Gonzalez, three, John Kensington, Noel, four, David Fry, five, Bracho, six, Chris Roller, who every report on him at 30 grade power seven, which also shows you just how home run prone that triple A park is like, yeah, yeah before you get excited about everyone else, just Chris Roller being seven says a lot about and he no, is an organizational kid. Like he is, you want him in your system for as long as he wants to play. He's the, per, you know, a great play, kid, great right. player in that regard, but they have no power at all. No power anywhere. No, I mean, Diane free is, is, is doing okay. Like the other nice story, I suppose, is that Brian Lavastida has kind of turned his season around and mm-hmm. looks like the player he did when he got added to the 40 man roster, the power hasn't all the way back yet, but he's getting on base and he's hitting. So like, you can count that as a good story, I suppose on the hitting end, the pitching end is what's, what's most troubling is like, okay, we've talked about it before. You obviously don't have a Spino. You don't have Campbell. Delush is out. Left is just one on the IL. You've got a, a laundry list of pitchers who are hurt. That is not ideal, especially for this the system who, you know, continually is supposed to pump out pitching prospects like it's their job, and it is their job. Um, like we, we joked that Tanner Burns has, has kind of been a, a developmental win this year, and he kind of has. Um, and I know some people are going to say, like, you want to look at, like, 
guys at low A. Like, okay, I I guess I'm skipping over Jason Churio and Wilbin Francisca. That's great. And I'm excited for those guys in the second half for sure, especially if we can get Churio to Lynchburg. As much as I devalue anything below double A at this point in terms of data or competition, um, still would be excited to see what Jason Churio can do on video at some point outside of, you know, some small Instagram clips. And I don't know, I guess the other second half thing is like, you know, Chase the Lauder at some point in the next like week or two should be at an affiliate. That's a good, that's a good win. He seems like he's finally on getting on the field consistently. You need that. And I don't know, Parker Messick needs to get to, to high A. What's, like, that's just is, a joke. Yeah. It's interesting if you look at FIP because Magnus Ellerts is dominating that because he was, you know, old for his mm-hmm. level. Will Dion is too. That's, you know, again, if he could somehow find that extra gear, if he's the guy who could have velocity, he'd become an interesting pitcher. Uh, Parker Messick is three. Gavin Williams, seven. Sean Rapp, eight. Uh, you know, Trent Denholm is down here at 13. Trent Denholm is one of the few guys whose FIP is lower than his ER. He has a negative ER, you know, uh, 50 ERA, which is unusual. So there has been some unluckiness. Ryan Webb is under four as well. He's got a negative value. He's hurt again, too, though. Yeah. So it's, yeah. but it's like when we're trying to find the positives, it's been few and far between, few and far between. They only have 17 guys with a FIP under four. Not ideal when you're looking at the advanced stats because, I mean, Kate Smith, Kate Smith, you and I have both agreed. He's a positive developmental story. He, he's playing himself into a position where he might be a 40-man ad at the end of the year, right? Mm, I don't know that he's a must. I guess the problem with that is if you don't, some team could snatch him up. But I guess we'll see where they're at come the end of the yeah. year. You know, it's like if you get to the end of the year, him versus Michael Kelly, who, by the way, is ninth in FIP and the Miners hired him. It's like, then, That's right. He's still know, on the 40. Sense. I forgot. I, I forgot yeah. he's on the 40. That's weird. You know, David Sharp is is pitched well. Um, yeah, he kind of looks like Nick Sandlin at this point. Like, he's not yeah. a guy who misses a ton of bats, but he keeps the ball on the ground, and he suppresses contact. He doesn't walk guys. So, okay, so he's Nick Sandlin with better control. Yeah, so it's, you know, and like I said, Sean Rapp is a guy you and I both liked. He might be, he's old for his levels. He need, that, But that's the part. You had a great point. We're running out of time here in segment one, but I don't know if it was on air or not, but they have – the problem with moving these guys up is who replaces them. Yeah. You can't send someone down, you know, it's like, and especially yeah. with like, you know, if, if you move up Parker Messick in the past, it's like, maybe it was, J, you know, Jaime Arias who would move down to double a for a bit. Well, but now they don't have that guy. Cause he's suspended. Yeah. They don't have that Tanner here's, Tully anymore. They don't have that guy who moves around the system for them to make that. Here's, my other, here's my other issue with this too, is that they have an issue with, with, Getting guy, you know, because when they draft guys, they don't ever make them play. They don't have them play. We talked about that with with mm-hmm. Tanner Ivey and and for I think Tim Heron too. They don't they don't play their first year out of, out of the draft, whether yeah, they're high almost school no or one college. Does. We had yeah, like so, three pitchers last year who showed up. Tulloch, yeah, it's it's three out Tulloch of Tulloch and Jacobs. I think were two two that did, but that's about it. Yeah, so you don't you don't bring in guys from your draft class who can take those spots. And internationally speaking, they're very conservative. They don't take any pitchers internationally. They can move up, right? Like there's nobody, there's not a single international pitching prospect I can think of on in the minors that I would be like, yeah, that's a guy you should watch out for. Like Jorman Gomez is probably the best one I can think of. And he's not a great prospect right now. He's um, a, he's one of the, he's 18th. He's that last guy with a, a FIP under four. 
Right. And that's the only, and that, yeah, so it's, it's a piece barely there. So like yeah. they don't have guys from the ACL, from the DSL, they can continue to move forward to take those innings. And it's hurting them developmentally because there's no reason for Parker Messick and Austin Peterson to be in low A right now. There's nothing to gain there. And they need to be more aggressive with, and they have, and they, they are just very concerned about promoting guys. But again, it, it is the backlog or backfilling innings, which is a problem. And I understand that. But, you know, when you, when you draft guys and you don't play them the first year, and when you don't invest a whole lot of developmental time or money into these international pitching prospects, you can't move them along from the ACL to the D to the, to the Lynchburg either, because they're not ready. Cause you don't, you know, they take the cheapest guys they can get in terms of that. That's concerned. I don't know. It, it's just a, it creates a developmental issue that they shouldn't, they, that's kind of self-inflicted, I guess is what I'm saying, but I don't know. Well, let's, let's hope for chase to in the second half to be healthy and George Valera too. Let's say that George Valera needs yeah. to play without, without a break in the second the half. If we can get those two guys healthy, you'd be happy. And yeah. I think Joey Cantillo gets through the year. We see if we see Jason Churio get to Lynchburg at some point. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's well, well Fredo and Tunez is having a decent year amongst the young guys. You know, it's it's maybe not. Are we really that, looking at low A data though? Come on, I mean, that. <laughs> but the, that's the problem though. Like we have to look at low A data because the data over, uh, you know, is and before someone, I know I'm going to get yelled at, but you know, Petey Halpin's at an 88 for weighted runs created plus, you know, Angel Martinez is even worse. And he was, yeah. I mean, I had him as the number two bat in the system. It's been an ugly year. And should Juan Brito end the year in Columbus? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's already on your 40 man time to, to move him along. Speaking of moving along, we better move along before uh, we get hammered uh, about uh, taking too long. I'm already break. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a tuesday it's a monday it's a tuesday uh no it is monday but we're this will be the tuesday episode uh we will be back in a moment on lockdown guardians for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for a green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop at ebay motors with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tuesday night, Guardians are back in action. 810 Eastern, 710 if you're in Jeff's neighborhood. Check out the action on SiriusXM by typing in Guardians on your app. All right, draft time. Show is yours. I got I got some thoughts, but uh, feel free so, to get off the carpet. Now, listen, I know what people want, and I'm going to give the people what they want, which is we're going to talk about power bats. Uh, before we do that, though, let's right talk about – we're going to go all in on power bats. It's currently bombing in the ninth. Uh, LSU, I think they took yesterday's game uh, to heart and were teed off because it is 18-4. to four. They have 24 hits to five by Florida. Uh, Dylan Cruz is currently four for seven, uh, in this one. Uh, Trey Morgan, who's a really interesting first base prospect, three for six. Good defender there. Like, Trey Morgan's probably getting a little underrated. Uh, big home run early to Josh Pearson. 
who immediately made me go look up, hey, is he related to Jacob Pearson, who I really liked when the uh, the when Los Angeles drafted him? He is the younger brother. Uh, Thatcher Hurd is not draft eligible this year, but has had himself uh, some ups and downs. But uh, this was a strong performance by him. Uh, now, if we go and we look at, did I just close? Knowing me, I did. I just closed out the NCAA home run leaders. Listen, number one guy on that list, though, is Jack Caglione. Uh, in contention to be the top overall pick next year. So we'll just go past him. Not a great pitcher. start tonight for him. No, uh, pitcher and a hitter, but no one is really projecting him as a pitcher. Number two is Brock Wilkin. Uh, we've talked about him on the show and why he fits. He is, you know, in the old draft system. He would have been 17 uh, on in his draft year. He's young for his class. He performed well in the Cape. Now he is a corner infield guy, which is, and you know, not something they've really gone for. Uh, we've not seen it's not quite as much as it used to be. There was that stretch um, when Bud Grant was the guy in charge with the only guy who didn't play up the middle. They drafted in the first 10 rounds was Jordan Smith in a five year period. They had like he they were, you know, something like 40 out of 43 pit or 42 out of 43 picks. Uh, they have, you know, we've seen the Ulysses Cantu. We've seen the um, blanket on the current for uh, Naranjo. We've seen a few more of those guys. Uh, Bobby Bradley. You know, they're a little bit, though we haven't seen it Colin early. Jones was a corner. He was a shortstop in high school, though. Like, I know he moved a corner, but he was a high school shortstop. It, it, it They've gone with guys that can move to the side positions. They haven't taken a straight-up corner. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, Wilkin is a straight-up corner, so it would be a little bit of a departure. So, uh, next up is Cam Fisher. He is a old junior playing at a small program. Same program, I believe, as Nate Furman, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A year ago, Charlie, they were familiar with him. Uh, he's beat up on bad competition, but he also played well in the Cape. Uh, 30 home runs there. Kind of interesting. The Guardians have seen him. Yes. Um, this list him as a sophomore. That's just not true. I don't know why. <laughs> he is not a sophomore. Uh, he's, he, had a sophomore Juco. he is. He was a draft-eligible sophomore last year. Um, fourth is Shane Lewis at Troy. He is fascinating. Uh, listen, the strikeout numbers are terrible. Uh, he's not a Cleveland guy, but again, we're just talking purely. Uh, he didn't even have any data for um, a summer college league when I went to look. He was a Mississippi State recruit who didn't get to play there, redshirted a year, went to Chipola, played well, went to Troy and has played well. I, I don't know. He feels like a guy who's probably a good bet to maybe transfer to another program uh, and see if he can maybe build up some more stock. Uh, Troy is in fine program but it's not you know guys typically bounce kind of from there if they get that opportunity to go to a bigger program i read some reports that like he was more of a football player kind of a la tim heron than a baseball player and Mm -hmm. that uh you know you're kind of maybe betting on growth potential uh gavin cash uh at texas tech is i'm pretty sure is not draft eligible sophomore i believe i that's why i had kind of breezed through him fifth on the list uh we got maryland it's not matt child it's nicolo russo I think he's a top five. I think he's a top five senior sign. Uh, He is a strict senior sign. He's a, I think he's, he might already be 23. Uh, He played, you know, third base for them or first base, but he produced and he's got like good summer data. We've talked about him on the show. Uh, Charlie Condon, freshman at Georgia, moving on. Edrix Felix. Of, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, home of Chris Sale, sophomore, Kobe Shelton, Alabama freshman. Uh, 
Grayson Tatro at Abilene Christian. I really don't have much on, so I'm moving on. Uh, number 11, Mac Horvath. I like Horvath quite a bit. He is a player who has a good speed to power ratio. I wouldn't be shocked if things fell weirdly if they considered him in the first round. Um, you know, he plays center of, field in the, yeah. in the uh, ACC tournament. And, you know, it's one of those guys kind of like Travis Honeyman and Matt Corvath that if they decide to go up the middle and they decide to maybe save a few bucks because they've never given anyone full slot. Uh, I think Matt Corvath is in that range and I like him quite a bit. He's going to be like a, I don't know if he'll necessarily make my top 30, but he's definitely in my top 40. Uh, Nick Kurtz, not uh, draft eligible this year. Charlie Pellegrini sure. at uh, Fairfield. I did not spend much time on Fairfield. I'm sorry. Uh, then you got Matt Shaw, who we've talked about a lot in the show. Love him to death. If he is there, I hope they jump. Bryson Ware at Auburn. I didn't spend much time on on Auburn um, and Ware. I, you know, it's a situation where that program hasn't necessarily been the most successful. And you got Tommy White, uh, LSU, not draft eligible. You move to the next grouping. The next grouping has two big names. Jake Geloff, Virginia. I think everyone knows my views on Virginia. I'm not <laughs> the biggest fan of that program. We got another Florida Gulf Coast guy and Alejandro uh, Figuerdo, who I'm not really familiar with. I think uh, they should draft him just so you have to say that name. So I have to talk about, we do have, you know, here we'll get into another guy, but the other guy here, Braden Taylor, who we've talked about, he, he's just been inconsistent, but the power is nice to see because this is a guy who, was known kind of coming in for the year for very weak exit velocities, like that that was not his game. So he started to hit home runs and he had a good, he started out kind of slow in the tournament, but turned it around and, you know, helped his team, you know, progress. Uh, interested to, to see where he goes. I think he's kind of in the top 30, but his, his valuations are all over the board when I talk to people. And then if you're looking at the list, you might see uh, Alex, Vergara, um, no word if he's related to Sophia, but uh, you will see that he's at Limsicum. There's one make a note because he didn't play there last year. So when they were scouting, um, no, it was Guy Limsicum at Belmont, so they weren't even scouting Limsicum. So never mind. But he wasn't there anyways. <laughs> but uh, you know, he is a guy with a a 28% strikeout rate in the Atlantic sun. So I don't, I don't really think you need to worry too much there as a guardians fan. Again, no knock on him. Great performance to be in the top 20 in home runs. Uh, and then you kind of go down further next grouping, you know, not a lot of jump out guys. Uh, it is interesting when you say, see Joe Vetrano from Boston college, cause he's listed as a pitcher and he was up there. And then you got the, um, the Nebraska kid, uh, Max Anderson in that next grouping who we've talked about uh, multiple times on the show. Uh, I, I kind of like Vitrano. Um, he has been mostly like, a, you know, so in 2021, he had 18 games as a pitcher, just three this year. You look at his data, a 13% walk rate, a 22% strikeout rate. His Cape data wasn't awful. A 698 OPS uh, strikeout walk rate had a little bit more imbalance. He's probably a first base only type of guy, but I know some people who like him, uh, you know, hit for power, hit for extra bases. And I don't know, there's always that thing where you're like, okay, if this guy only concentrates on hitting and gives up pitching, there's a little bit more growth potential in those guys. The same reason, like I kind of like Logan Allen so much is 
when he gives up the bat and is focused on one thing, that's you can't help but think there's a better chance of growth. But those are the power hitters this year. If there's a power hitter I left out or someone you're surprised, like why didn't you talk about uh, Chase Davis, uh, who was, I know, mocked to Cleveland recently. Davis isn't up here. Uh, he's He had good numbers, his overall rank. And here's the thing with Chase Davis. Kind of mediocre on the Cape makes it a hard fit for Cleveland. He is tied with Max Anderson in that 29th group with 21 home runs. And that, you know, that's a pretty deep group there. Uh, It is weird that he didn't play center field at Arizona. Normally you put your best Mm -hmm. athletes, best players in center. You know, he could be in play to Cleveland. um, But again, I have, I, I can't, who's someone who was poor on the Cape this team has drafted. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a number. It, I can't, I can't name one. Uh, they have gone for Cape performer after Cape performer and his sophomore year was fine. It was good. It wasn't spectacular. They tend to put more valuation on that. So they, they don't jump on breakout guys, right? Like he is a breakout performer. Who was the last breakout performer Cleveland drafted? So that's yeah. why I don't think in Chase Davis there uh i would i dislike it no i think he's a top 20 talent i'm just pointing out why it may not be as likely uh what is likely is uh we'll take a quick break here come back uh talk about the royals and i'll let justin talk about some draft stuff i promise guardians royals 810 serious xm search guardians on your xm app to hear the hometown call from tom hamilton and Jim Rose now. So if you're not watching, we're going to talk about the Royals here at the end. Uh, no, I don't really have anything. You, you kind of summed it up very well. You had the Cam Fisher thing. I'm super interested in to see what happens there. I mean, um, I would like him. Like, I, I I think to point out to people, almost everyone I mentioned is someone I kind of dig to some level or degree. Um, yeah. I, but as you said before, I, I, I know people won't like it, but I'm just saying watch for Travis Honeyman there, especially as an underslot think- deal. I think Honeyman's a good a good point. We've talked about him before too, and he got hurt this year. And the Cape numbers are good on him. Kind good of athletic traits. I'm curious to see. Like, I feel like they're going to take one of the two Nebraska, whether that's Anderson or Boev. Um, oh, those two. I thought you were thinking Bryce Matthews. I think Boev is a it's like a third, fourth round guy for them. I think Anderson makes sense. I also wouldn't be shocked by Bryce Matthews than a Nebraska shortstop yeah. if he gets there. I think I mocked him to the Dodgers in my last mock draft. He felt like a, a very Dodgery pick to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't really. You talked about Jace Hefford before too, and I think the yeah. the strikeouts there are a little bit on the fringe, a little bit far from where they normally stray strikeout wise. You and I were talking. Oh, and you mentioned about um, Matt Horvath too, and, and before we started recording, you know, you had mentioned that they they drafted last year Angel Zarate and. Sean Rapp from UNC. So those yeah. are two guys they would have seen Horvath. And they're both performing year. well. Like Zarte, he's again old for level, but a 130 top 10 and weighted runs created plus for this team. And Sean Rapp is top 10 and fit for the team. So and it's a good program too. So yeah. And I, I like Horvath quite a bit. Uh, good speed, athleticism up the middle, big power. Uh, I, I would be totally fine with Horvath. I, he said, I gotta, I gotta sit down. I'll, at some point I'll post my list. I promise I will post my own personal list. I might do an accompanying video where I talk about it over on the personal side of things, but I will. I'll, so I, I, cause I'm going to want to reference it for draft night. So I will have my list out. Yeah. Uh, also uh, well, the Chase Davis thing too. This is a point you've made in the past too, is that, um, you know, Arizona, when you play in that environment, you get a boost there too. And 
I don't know. It makes things kind of risky there. But the the mock also mentioned uh, Davis, Yohandi Morales, and Brock Wilkin in that range. And then, of course, Kylie connected them to Colt Emerson, who you and I are both kind of not super high on because of the arm and because of the lack of competition. And Morales was um, like Davis was just kind of minorly bad on the Cape. Morales was poor on the game. Right. So I I don't see Morales. I'd be really interested to go back and do a quick study on, on guys that take from the Cape. See how they did. Another guy too, you brought up in the past too, because I was just going through Cape data tonight, just trying to look at some last minute things. Uh, and you had mentioned because I, I still think Riku Nishida is a guy for that at some yes, point. Agreed. Um, and then, oh, I wanted to mention too. So we talked about Saban Savalos in the past too. He worked out in the uh, MLB draft combine as a catcher after yes. winning a gold glove at third base in college. So that's really interesting to me. Uh, and he him. looked good doing it as well. I just want to go. Yeah, ahead I, I, like that. you said, this is the year you want to take a couple catchers. Go, go with Savalos. Go with Cole Carey. Go with Jack Payton. Get all three. Peyton, Peyton's a Louisville guy. Sabalos, if it doesn't work out, a catcher might might be able to play third. Carey can play everywhere. One of those guys might stick a catcher. Worst case scenario, they play somewhere else and they they're successful somewhere else. Maybe right? Like why not? I don't know about about Peyton, but Peyton's at least a Louisville guy, and he becomes a an org catcher at the very worst. I mean, he couldn't be any worse than Logan Ice, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna no comment because I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't want to cut that wound open again. But I mean, this is the year to do it for sure. And I, I think at some point we we both agree that there's a bat. And everybody keeps saying this too. There's a bat that's going to fall them at 23, um, just because of how things go. It'd be great if it's Matt Shaw. That's fine. I don't know about Tommy Troy uh, getting that far. It'd be great if not. Hurston Waldrop is there, and you know Waldrop's numbers in college aren't great, but that seems like a guy that you know they can pick some more meat off the bone at 23 on if he's there. Um, I do find it interesting too that he had Josh Noth to the Mets at 32. I'm so against the prep pitcher pitcher at 23, but um, Noth is one of those guys too that's interesting. He's popped up highly in some weird places. He has, and then he has Joe Whitman 35 at uh, for the Marlins to, from Kent State, who we've talked about as well. He's popped up late, and I have Whitman as my number one left-handed pitcher in this class. Not just college, number one left-handed pitcher. I'm trying to think who who would even be close to that. Thomas White sure. is the is the guy. Yeah, people are high on him, but most places. Sure and in the college ranks, it's um, it's like Hunter Owen. If you want to go the, jeez, Hunter Owen just got ruined. I I would never take a Vanderbilt pitcher. That's just me. Just no. the way they've traded their pitchers, but. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, I, I'm sure we'll talk about the draft more as, as it comes to that. And we, we were actually discussing our draft day plans yesterday, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk talk about that on the air so everyone knows what to expect because Jeff will be in two places at once because he's figured how to how to clone himself, of course. And uh, I'll be around on draft night as well. Guardians and Royals start their series on Tuesday night, so game one is Gavin Williams, uh, who was a good college pitcher versus. Um, Brady Singer, who was also a good college pitcher from the team that lost the College World Series on Monday evening. Uh, whatever happened, whatever was good for him a year ago, and as Jeff said, uh, the numbers were not really supporting that breakout, and he is not good again this year. And then the Royals don't have a starter listed for Wednesday, so I'm guessing that's going to be a bullpen game. And then Thursday is, I believe, is it Shane Bieber again Thursday? 
It is Bieber and Zach Grinky. That's a yeah. Who's gonna strike out the least amount of batters on Thursday? I'll take, I think old man game. a lot of batters out. Old man, yeah. Shane Bieber's all of all of twenty. <laughs> well, I mean, in in this series, that is the old man game. Yeah, uh, Shane Bieber might strike a lot of guys out because the Royals' offense is the worst in baseball. Pedestrian again, and the, like you said, the Twins lost on on Monday nights. So the Guardians are a game and a half back. The Royals. Um, this is hitting or pitching. This is hitting. The Royals strike out uh, 24% of the time as a team, almost 25. Their way to runs created plus is 84. The Guardians are 88. This is a matchup of two offenses that can't hit. The Guardians clearly have the better pitching. This needs to be a sweep. It needs to be. Yeah. You need to you no, sweep really Oakland. Does. You need to sweep Kansas City, especially with the Twins play, facing the Braves this week. That could be three games for the Braves. That could be a huge swing. So, this is a series they cannot afford to sub their toe. We talked about yesterday. On this stretch, they have to go five and one against the Royals out of the six teams. They have to. The Royals are not a good team, and they don't have anybody that. Well, like you said, the Samad Taylor, the revenge game. Someone commented the Framel Reyes uh, revenge game. Framel Reyes is not even in their lineup anymore. He's yeah, not on the team. I, think I don't even think him. he's on their forty man. I think he was. No, uh, it's so bad. So uh, no, no worries about Framel Reyes coming back to get them for revenge. Samad Taylor. Uh, nobody commented on that, by the way, Jeff. Nobody said they got no. that. Should we give them the answer to that? Yeah, he was. Uh, I really actually liked him when they traded him away. Um, that trade you know. actually kind of hurt because he went yeah. with Thomas Pannone. I, I thought Pannone was pretty good. That was the the Joe Smith trade in 2017 to the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, and, and Taylor, Taylor was a Taylor was a kind of a buzzy prospect to those of us who were following. Like as a ninth round pick, he came in and performed really well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was. Like I said, he was kind of buzzy at the time. I kind of dug him. And, uh, you know, it, I didn't think much. It is funny, back-to-back series. He kind of burned out a little in the, the Blue Jay system. I did not expect to be seeing Andrew Monasterio and Samad Taylor in the big leagues. Baseball's very weird in 2023. Hey, prospects hang around long enough. You never know what could happen. Thomas Pannone, did he ever make it to the show? Did he yeah, make it yeah he made it to the show. Um one of the smartest pitchers in the minors I we ever I ever met. I remember talking with Leibs, and Leibs wanted to have him sit down and talk with Thomas with with Glavin because yeah he pitched uh, he had he had forty nine games in the big leagues. Pannone did good for him. He's still around. He's still in. AAA. He's in Korea right now. Oh, he's in Korea. He? Okay, wow. Oh no, he's in Nashville. He was in Korea last year. Um, he okay. pitched in Korea. Now he's with uh, Milwaukee in AAA. So. Interesting. He's, I always liked him. Yeah, that was an yeah. interesting trade. I, and Joe, they needed Joe Smith very badly. I, I shouldn't say very bad. They needed Joe Smith that year. But at, at the time, I definitely felt like it was uh, it was quite a bit to give up for for a, a rental reliever. Which is again, I know there are some weird. We're going to end the show the way we started with smoke, weird smoke stuff. I saw some tweets from reporters today saying, "Oh, so and so could be traded, or you know, so and so might be on the market, or so and so could make sense for this team." Just trying to start any rumors for content. There's no legitimate trade rumors this time of year. There's no teams focusing on the trade because they're focusing on the draft. And the Guardians are not trading for a rental, especially this year. Of all the years, the Guardians the Guardians twice have traded. In 2017 was the only year I can recall trading for a rental, and that was Bruce and Jason and Joe Smith. They have not traded for a rental outside of that. Josh Donaldson. Um yeah, that was a special case though. It was. He was that was that was the August thirty first trade deadline. Yep. First of all, Julian Merriweather. So was so was Bruce too, because that was after Brantley yeah. got hurt. So extreme circumstances to. I do. I, I will say, speaking of the a rental, 
the Mets cheap trade for rental might make sense. Like Tommy Pham, I don't think he has any fantasy issues with anyone in our our current uh, team. But that doesn't seem like a guy they they would want. He uh, he's playing well. I but then again, you probably don't want to believe it's going to happen because Jim Bowden, I think, is the place I saw listing him as a as a trade candidate to Cleveland. So we know that's a big no. Yeah, take that with a pinch of salt. But uh, yeah, let us know what else you would like us to talk about. We're we're getting close to forty minute marks. So we better put this one to sleep. Uh, Thank you for rating and reviewing, downloading. I help. Friday's episode blew up. Monday's episode, not as much. So if you missed Monday, make sure to go back and check that out. The uh, numbers are struggling Monday. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we appreciate all of you, all of our everydayers, uh, getting into the comments and talking. I saw, I think, Ziv, Zev, Zev, Zev was was in there. He's he's not enjoying how things are going like much of us. But thank you all. And go, go, Guardians. Go.